welcome back to another episode of Bite-Sized Virtue. This is Season 3 of Bite-Sized Virtue. This is the uh, third series of these little reflective podcasts that I'll be doing. Because, of course, for those of you who follow the uh, liturgical calendars of, well, at least the Catholic Church and the Anglican Church, and I think a few others, um, Sunday... The, uh, the 27th of November was the first Sunday of Advent. So that marks the four-week season prior to, uh, to Christmas. That is, I mean, it's kind of meant as both a, uh, a season of joyous preparation and anticipation, but then also, you know, of, of, of penitence and reflection. And so um, as part of my own attempts at... Well, at least the reflection part, and maybe the penitence part too, who knows. I'm kicking off another round of Bite-Sized Virtue, in which I will, and you know, with some help from different guests, uh, attempt to draw some parallels between the virtues of Ultima and real-world philosophy and theology. I'm actually kind of kicking myself, because I thought that, uh, well, this year, of course, uh, the other thing you should know about... Advent is that at least for Catholics, it marks the beginning of what's called a liturgical year. Okay, and the liturgical year is basically just the cycle of of <clears throat> readings and services and celebrations uh, <clears throat> that will last us through till next December. Um, I believe it's year A now. Uh, is kind of the technical term for it, and <clears throat> each liturgical year has a theme. You know that the Pope chooses for it. Um, well in advance. You may have heard the term year of mercy thrown about for much of 2016 because that was, you know, from December 2015 to um, yesterday, or well, assuming I post this on Monday on Patreon, yesterday, or if it's on Tuesday, two days ago, whatever, Sunday the 27th, from December until Sunday the 27th, um, that was the year of mercy. That was the theme of that liturgical year. And this new liturgical year, its theme is justice. And so I'm actually kicking myself for not sitting down and talking about justice with people. But there's something else I wanted to explore. I wanted to explore a topic that's really been on my mind and on my heart a lot lately. And it seems more to relate to the idea of spirituality. And so in an attempt to introduce it, I'm actually going to pull in some audio this week from my other podcast. Uh, this is actually a little, so if you follow both of my podcasts, this is actually a teaser because this episode isn't going to go live on the scouting stuff side for, oh gosh, at least a couple of weeks. <coughs> but it introduces um, a very important concept that I then want to, and I do, follow up and explore with some other people. So um, this will probably mark... Well, at least to date, I think this will be the first time that you'll hear my friend Colin on Spam, 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 Humbug. Might be the only time, might not be. We'll find out. But uh, follow along with us and see if you can make sense of what we are on about. How good's your Latin? Not very. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Speak it, <clears throat> but don't yeah, understand I it. can sing it when it's on yeah, a page. That's <laughs> a, that's essentially me. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I have a very limited grasp of it as well. But, so, breaking it down. Anima, um, you might recognize recognize that as the root of animate. Mm-hmm. So anima means soul. Technica, technical. Mm-hmm. Vacua, vacuous, like the, yeah. empty. Okay. Yeah. Um, so 
anima technica vacua, and given the fact that Latin runs kind of mostly backwards to how English runs, loosely comes out as the vacuous technical soul or the empty technical soul. And it was coined, it's a phrase coined by a philosopher named Hans Urs von Balthasar in, gosh, I think this was in about the 80s. And Balthasar at the time was mostly writing about um, stuff like, well, television and advertising and, you know, sort of the impact that that was having on society as it Mm -hmm. was really coming into its ascendancy. Mm -hmm. Um, Think of, you know, the medium is the message and critiques of that era. And it's something that he, and Balthasar does this a lot. He just like, he'll drop this profound concept into the middle of something he's writing and then never do anything with it. So just kind of drop just, the phrase. He'll just throw that out there yeah. and then... He's, he's, he's terrible for mic dropping. Ah. You know, he just like drops this thing that stops you in your tracks when you read it. And then you're just like, no, wait, come back. Tell me more. Yeah. Why, <laughs> but he's why don't like, you flush this out a little bit? Nope. <laughs> he's on to the next topic. Yeah. But I think that some of that concept is actually really kind of reflected here because there's almost this... And I mean, depending on, because Balthazar doesn't explain it, you know, depending on who else picks it up and runs with it, you know, you kind of see different explanations. But one of the ones that I think has found a little bit more traction for me, one of the ones that I've uh, gravitated toward related to what uh, the author here is talking about is that rather than, and you know, I mean, just in purely philosophical terms, rather than, you know, being a generation which is oriented towards some search for <clears throat> deeper meaning and purpose, uh-huh. you know, the digital native generation is very much um, ordered toward this sort of odd conflation of thought and action uh-huh. that, you know, att- I mean, <clears throat> you know, just think about like, a day using your phone, right? And you and me, we're probably no better for this than anybody else. Just, okay, well, let's see. Oh, okay. Someone sent me a message on Facebook. I'm going to do that. And, oh, hey, that reminds me. I should totally click on over to Twitter or whatever and check on something here. And, oh, geez, that's right. I got to put a calendar entry in for that. And, oh, man, I'd better update my one And then the work email fires off. And then the work email fires off. uh And, you know, you're not, you're doing so much. But there's kind of this, it just meshes into this stream, right? You know, mm-hmm. where your thought ends and your action begins kind of gets muddy. Mm-hmm. And there's no real, <clears throat> there's a lot of work being done and there's a lot of thought being put into it. But at the same time, it's not really ordered toward anything. You know, you're mm-hmm. not really, you're just, you're just running down a list basically. You know, mm-hmm. you're not, uh, and at the end of the day, well, you've sent some emails and updated some calendar entries, but you know, if you were to actually then sit down and reflect, okay, like how's my day been? What did mm. I actually do? Yeah. <laughs> um, the quality of the, the things that were accomplished wasn't high, but yeah. it was a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. You know, my day was exceedingly full, but what was it full of? <laughs> um, and like, I mean, obviously it, so it's great when you can have kids get into pursuits like, even something like a sport or like, you know, Taekwondo or, or even a piano lesson, something that just mm-hmm. takes that stream and throws a rock into it, right? Mm-hmm. Creates some ripples, gets them onto a bit of a different focus. And in a lot of ways, scouts can be 
you know, just like the article says, can be a huge driver for that because, and we did this actually at the cub camp, mm. you know, uh, the Wednesday before when we had him at the meeting and we were yeah. going over the packing list, yeah. we, uh, specifically called out the fact, Hey guys, no, uh, devices, <clears throat> no phones, iPods, e-readers, laptops, iPads, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, <coughs> No devices. And of course, some of the kids were trying to get around that. They're just like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, well, what if I bring a camera? And I'm just like, if you want to bring a camera that is not attached to a phone or media player, yeah. sure. Yeah. And a couple of them were just like, oh, nuts. Thought we had them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Scouter knows what you're on about. Yeah. But, um, and actually, we did wind up just imposing a moratorium on cameras for this camp, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the scouts. I think in future camps, I'd actually be happy to have some of the Cub Scouts bring out cameras that are just cameras. Mm-hmm. Because some of them do, I think, or could develop an interest in photography. And I'd happily work on that with them. And yeah. I'd happily let them document their adventures that they have. But I think we need to first sit down and have the discussion about, okay, now that you've taken this picture, what can you actually do with it? And more importantly, what can't you do with it? Yes. You know, and so until I've had that chance to sit down and talk with them, we're not going to entertain the notion of bringing cameras. Yeah. Um, I had one beaver scout who did bring a camera to a meeting and ask permission to take a group photo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I had to give him the quick 10 second. Okay. It's just like, okay, once you've taken this photo, Mm -hmm. You can share it with people who are, you know, in beavers with you mm-hmm. and their parents, but mm-hmm. that's it, mm-hmm. right? Please don't share this outside yeah. the group. Yeah. Um, because you know what? There were some people in the photo who don't actually have a photo release. Mm-hmm. I have about six beavers who don't have photo releases. Yeah. So anyways, <clears throat> digression. Um, so, you know, it can be a real experience. And we had a little bit of that actually, even coming into Camp Woods, because while it was mostly, um, and I guess it's important to note too, just to kind of explain the, the geography of Camp Woods a little bit, it's on Sylvan Lake. Now, Sylvan Lake is certainly one of the more, um, like there's been a lot of population built up around the lake. Yes. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And so there's a lot of people got cabins. There's of course yeah. the town of Sylvan Lake and some of its little suburbs, mm-hmm. um, which again, lots it, of summer homes, lots of just. Sylvan Lake is like the bedroom community to Red Deer. It is also that. And it's also so. just, you know, a summer destination for mm-hmm. the, uh, for a lot of people who can afford Properties yeah, the, the on cottages Sylvan that Lake. Out on uh, Lakeside. $500,000 and whatever. Yeah. But uh, it's a fairly large body of water too in central yeah, Alberta. it's a nice lake. You don't often see that size of, of lake in, in Alberta. Mm, well, unless, unless you're willing to go north. North, yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing too is its location is much more central. It's almost equidistant between Edmonton and Calgary. So mm-hmm. it's just the destination. Mm-hmm. Well, in spite of the fact though, that it's as built up as it is, Camp Woods is relatively free of light pollution. Yes. So, I mean, when you're standing in the middle of McEwen's Landing, the big field mm-hmm. in the dead of night and you look up, you can just start, if you let your eyes adjust, you can just start to make out that faint haze of the Milky Way. Mm-hmm. It's not a true dark sky preserve. 
but certainly, I mean, if you're used to, and Edmonton, Edmonton isn't the worst city on earth for this, but Edmonton uh, has a lot of light pollution. It's, it it's does. Pr- it's pretty bad. Yeah, it, I I know. I'm <laughs> I'm saying as one who's you know, and I mean, we've both granted, traveled a fair yeah, bit, so yeah, we've had granted the there are worse places. Appreciate the skies yeah. or the lack of skies yeah. in many large cities around the world, but so you know. <clears throat> You can still usually make out the Big Dipper in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. This yes. is not always true elsewhere. Yes. But yeah, Edmonton does have a lot of light pollution. And so we had a little bit of that coming into Camp Woods mm-hmm. where, um, you know, for some of our cubs, it was like the first time out mm-hmm. and so you, they were just, they, they just couldn't stop staring up. Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh my a, gosh, like, look what is there. It's a, it's a unique experience if you've never had it before. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen that, the, the volume of stars mm-hmm. or stars in general, or I, I don't know, did you see any Aurora while you were there? No, any, we didn't get any Aurora. Any? No, no Northern Lights? No. No, that's too bad. That That is too bad. But, uh, but at the same time, you know, it was kind of this, and it illustrates too, you know, because... <clears throat> I, I'm pretty sure I heard one cub kind of mumbling to himself, like, this is this is so much better mm-hmm. than the app, right? Because you can find all sorts of apps that'll, like, show you the yeah, star you, patterns that are ostensibly above you. Yeah. <clears throat> Hold it up and... Exactly. Um, but they don't really, you know, they can show you the technical, right? They mm-hmm. can show you, yeah, the technical arrangement of stars and what we identify the constellations as and where they are, right? Mm-hmm. All that technical stuff is there. Mm-hmm. But the impact, the awe, the wonder, yeah, the app doesn't really transmit that the same way that standing out there in a field outside of Paley Hall mm-hmm. and just looking up yeah. and seeing it all. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to cut it off there and... You know, that is, uh, I think that's a good first start to this new round of Bite Size Virtue episodes. So I figured there's going to be, oh gosh, I don't even want to try and give a count now, but it's not going to be just for um, those of you who were following me previously or who were following, I guess, season one of Bite Size Virtue know that I don't just do Advent. I don't just stop at Christmas. I do carry it on into the actual Christmas season, which begins at Christmas and then goes for a little while thereafter. So there'll be more episodes coming. Uh, my friend Paul is coming back. I might even get Clortos Dragon back too, if I can manage it. But for now, I think that's a good start. And we're going to be exploring this concept, this anima technica vacua, uh, a lot more in in the coming future. And in particular, how this, you know, relates to spirituality and how the good practice of spirituality can really work to overcome the... Uh, the really significant problem that is the empty technical soul. So thank you for listening, and until next time, be virtuous. Be virtuous.